Mike, you live in a city that's pretty famous for its public transit. Yeah, man, we've got buses, bikes, trains, and of course, you know, everybody minds the gap with the tube. That's right. You don't want to fall down in there. Correct. We have a bus system here, but anytime in, I'm in like a big city with a big mass transit system, I always feel a little bit lost. I've been to Memphis a bunch of times and I do not remember ever seeing a bus. I didn't say it was a good bus system. Ah, I guess that's what it's like when you like, I don't know, live out in the country or whatever like you do. I live in a city. We even have a streetcar system. Sure you do. It's literally only on one street. Yeah, but your, I mean, it's up and down. Your, your streetcar system catches fire a lot, is my understanding. We did, we, we had a little fire problem, but they got it resolved. It's okay. We're going to talk about a more famous, more reliable cable car system today the one in San Francisco, California. This system is really old, so let's talk about the history first. Way back in 1869, nice, Andrew Smith Halliday had the idea for a cable car system in the city. Reportedly, after seeing a streetcar pulled by horses being involved in an accident that killed the horses. Halliday and his father had expertise in blacksmithing, or blacksmithery, and the construction and use of wire rope, which would become integral to the cable car system. I mean, cable's right in the name. I mean, this was a today I learned thing. I never really thought about the cable in the cable car. So Yeah. In August 1873, the first cable-operated streetcar opened, the Clay Street Hill Railroad. While there's some confusion to Halliday's exact involvement, it made him a wealthy man, and other cable car lines were opened in subsequent years by others. For example, Henry Casebolt and his assistant Asa Hovey opened the Sutter Street Railway in 1877, while Leland Stanford opened his California Street Cable Railroad in 1878. Does railroad seem like too grand of a name for this to you? Yes. Because is it rail? I don't feel like it's rail, right? I mean, they're on rails, but the cable's the important thing. Mixing in railroad to cable, I don't know, and railway. Like, I feel like you're mixing metaphors, not metaphors, but terminology a little bit. In 1883, the Market Street Cable railway (laughs) opened the first of its five lines it eventually became san francisco's largest cable car operator during rush hour in the late 19th century one of its cars left the company's ferry building station every 15 seconds that's busy Mm mm-hmm By 1890, 23 cable car lines had been established, and by 1906, many of them had come under the control of the United Railroads of San Francisco, or URR. I had to think about that for a minute. Why URR, right? United Railroads of San Francisco? They're using railroads, I guess, in the URR. I I went through the same process. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, hang on a second. Where's the SF in this? There isn't one. Mm -hmm. And that year, 1906, may jump out to some of you as that's the year that a massive earthquake destroyed some 80% of San Francisco, killing more than 3,000 people. I know it seems small compared to the scale of that natural disaster, but the impact of the earthquake on the cable car system can't really be overstated. Before the earthquake, URR had been pushing to convert many of its cable car lines with electric cars that would draw power from overhead lines. In the years of rebuilding that took place in the city, URR was able to meet its goal, and by 1912, all but eight cable car lines had been replaced with electric versions. 
Much of the infrastructure and some 117 cable cars have been destroyed in the quake, and URR saw it as an opportunity to modernize its infrastructure more easily. In the decades after the earthquake, the remaining cable car lines started showing their age, and many were closed. By 1944, only five remained, and just a few years later, the city proposed closing the two lines under its direct control. There was public outcry against the proposal, and a campaign led by women's civic groups eventually forced a referendum on an amendment to the city charter, compelling the city to continue operating its lines. This display of the power of democracy at work is the reason any cable car still exists in San Francisco today. USA, USA. Okay. As the three privately owned lines were soon shut down due to financial problems affecting their operator, Cal Cable. The city bought the lines, and as they were not under the revised charter, moved to shut them down in favor of bus lines. Again, citizens stepped up to protect the historic lines, and a compromise was struck with the city running and maintaining three lines. The California Street Line that had been in the Cal Cable collection of lines, the Powell Mason Line, which is already under municipal ownership, and a third hybrid line, which was formed by connecting Cal Cable's Hyde Street Line onto the city's Powell Line. Today, the three lines host millions of tourists every year. I think we did the Powell Mason line once. We did. And unfortunately, are the scene of occasional accidents. 126 accidents and 151 injuries have been reported in the 10 years ending in 2013. I feel like that's not too bad. 10 years, considering uh, when you hear about how these things stop, which we're going to tell you about in a little (laughs) bit. I actually think it's pretty good. It it is the highest rate of accidents of any type of mass transit though if you can even count these as mass transit but this is not a surprise to me they have wooden brakes spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> wait till you go about the emergency brake as of january 1st 2020 riding a cable car cost eight dollars for a single ride except for seniors riding before 7 a.m or after 9 p.m I don't think any seniors are on the cable car that late. That is terrible time for seniors anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sit before 7 a.m.? Now they get up early. That early, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. In those hours, the senior fare is only $4. There are currently 27 cars in rotation when all three lines are up and running. So that's the history of the San Francisco cable car system. Let's take a break and then talk about how cable cars work. This episode of Ungenius is brought to you by Privacy.com. Privacy is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most important information secure. By generating virtual numbers, privacy masks your bank information, so you never have to worry about giving it out to people you don't know online. We have all had that experience. You log into your bank website, your credit card website, and you see that transaction that you didn't do It's a bad feeling. I've definitely experienced that feeling more than once. Handing over car details to sketchy places online or or even retail establishments can be uh, a big concern. And that's why services like privacy are important. With privacy, you can take back control of your payments. You can decide who can charge your card, how much they can charge to it, and how often. And you can close cards at any time. Plus, you can make sure you're never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. And Privacy is partnered with the good folks over at 1Password. You can create, use, and save privacy cards 
directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password have the same security benefits as other privacy cards. And you can set spending limits, create single-use or merchant lock cards whenever you want. Head to privacy.com slash ungeniused and sign up for an account today. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Just go to privacy.com slash ungeniused and sign up now. Our thanks to Privacy for their support of the show and Relay FM. The term cable car comes from the fact that cars are pulled along by a cable running underneath the street. Cars have grips that extend down into a narrow opening through the surface of the street located between the rails. Is that where your mind was blown? Right there? Yeah, man. Cables. Oh, I get it. They're not as big as you would think. They're only about an inch and a quarter in diameter. I wanted them to be bigger, honestly. Mm -hmm. And they run at a constant speed of nine and a half miles an hour. There are four separate cables in use today a 16,000-foot length cable, as well as a 10,300-foot cable. These are used for the Hyde and Mason segments. There's a 9,300-foot cable uh, for their common Powell section, so that cable is shared. And then the big boy, the 21,000-foot cable that runs the California street line. As you mentioned, the cables are always moving, so they don't stop. If you want to, if the cable car stops, the cable doesn't stop. To get a car started, the operator has to engage the grip to bite onto the cable at a pressure of up to thirty thousand pounds per square inch. That was. It makes it sound like the cable car operators are really swole, you know, like they have to really get a good grip on that. <laughs> uh, the pads inside the grips they have to be replaced every three days because they get worn down. That's right. So you can kind of visualize this. The cable is running under the car and uh, the grip kind of comes down and grabs the cable and then the car starts moving. Uh, The grip can also be used to slow down a car as it limits the top speed to 9.5 miles an hour. But each car is also equipped with three completely separate braking systems if that's not enough to keep your speed under control. And none of these braking systems are as technologically advanced as you would want them to be. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It is pretty important to be able to stop safely in such a hilly city as San Francisco and such a densely populated one. Here are the three systems. There There are metal brake shoes on the wheels. These are operated via a pedal. This is kind of more similar to the type of brake you might expect. Then there are wooden brake blocks pressed against the track when a lever is pulled. These have to be replaced after just a few days in use. Lastly, there is the emergency brake, an 18-inch long piece of steel that can be engaged down into the slot where the cable resides. If it's engaged, it often has to be removed by a welding torch. And I guess the heat would melt it, I guess. That's what's going on, and it's like fused to the the, the rail slot. Yeah, my, my imagining of this is if you engage this emergency brake, like, just... All heck breaks loose. You got to yeah, fill out a form yeah. when you get back to the office. You know, I know that's not something there are quite that's done. A few injuries on the car itself at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. The thing is just coming to a stop. Mm-hmm. Especially when we talk about the types of cable cars in use. And of course, if you've been to San Francisco, seen pictures, you already know it's not like you're in an enclosed capsule of some sort, right? These things are built out of wood. The fronts and backs are open. There are single-ended cars. They run on the Powell-Hyde and Powell-Mason lines. 
The operator, who's called a gripman, sits at the front, and these cars have to be turned via turntable, which is part of the whole experience of going, right? You see the car get on the turntable. There are double-ended cars as well. They run on the California street line. These cars are longer, they're much heavier, and they can be operated from either direction. You know, talking about the safety of it, I mean, you often see people hang off the outside. As well. it's, like a, yeah. it's like a whole other thing. Uh, both types of cars ride on eight wheels atop a three-foot, six-inch narrow-gauge track. The cable under the tracks are powered by electric motors in the powerhouse. Each line has its own motor and cable, so if one is down for repair, the other lines can stay in operation. Operating them is not easy. Gripmen have a pretty physical job, maintaining speed and control over a heavy car that has no way to propel itself. They have to know at what point to grab and release the cable, as the cable doesn't always follow the tracks perfectly. And you're trying to control the speed, right? Mm -hmm. They do have some help with that. There are conductors that can help uh, operate the rear brakes on larger hills, but conductors also have to deal with riders, collecting fares, and managing rowdy tourists. Very important tasks. Thank you to Andrew for sending this in. It made me miss California. Yeah, it's been a while. Before we let you go, we want to tell you about National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. We talk about this because we love our friends over at St. Jude. St. Jude is leading the way the world understands, tests, and defeats childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. But they can't do it without the help of people like you because of generous donors. Get this. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, Mm -hmm. travel, or food because all a family should worry about is helping their child stay alive. For context, the average cost to treat just one child with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which is the most common form of childhood cancer, is $203,000. To make this possible, about 80% of the funds necessary to sustain and grow St. Jude must be raised each year from generous donors. And as much as that $203,000 sounds, for a lot of families like mine who've had a a St. Jude patient for over a decade, that number reaches into the millions. And so that's why we do this. This September, help Relay FM surpass over $1 million raised for the kids of St. Jude during our third annual fundraising campaign. You can help us cross this incredible milestone by making a donation at stjude.org slash relay. If your company matches donations, send me an email. We can have that amount routed to the campaign. You can get me at steven at relay.fm. And stay tuned on Friday, September 17th from 12 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Mike and I will be hosting the third annual podcastathon at twitch.tv slash relayfm. Mike, tell me a little bit about the podcastathon. So it's going to be an eight-hour extravaganza. It's going to be Stephen and I. We're going to have a bunch of fun games and challenges. We're going to be welcoming a whole selection of Relay FM hosts for lots of fun content that we're planning. Uh, lots of great uh, segments, interviews, and stuff like that. We're going to be talking to some Saint Jude patients. We're going to be talking to some Saint Jude doctors. Um, finding out about the incredible work that they do. Yeah, we've got tons of fun stuff, some surprises as well, so make sure that you tune in. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So stjude.org slash relay, get involved, and please donate. Let's cure childhood cancer together. If you want to read more about the San Francisco cable car system, I'm not going to call it a railroad, 
There are some links over in the show notes at relay.fm slash ungenius slash 137. There you can send us an email with your favorite topic on Wikipedia. It may go on the list. You can also find us on Twitter. The show is at ungenius. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E. And you can follow me on Twitter as I-S-M-H. Mike, until next time that we're sliding down a hill with just wooden brakes, say goodbye. Goodbye.